Good morning and welcome to episode 282 of Taking Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I am David Hein of Hein News. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, a nice show today and um, not going to be talking really that long because i um, trying to get ready to head to Munich tomorrow. I will be heading down there for the Adidas Next Generation Tournament in Munich, the qualifying tournament for the Final Four, and that will, um, yeah, it's gonna be uh, gonna should be an interesting should be an interesting tournament. Uh, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, teams that are really stacked, and uh, so it should be pretty good. Looking forward to it. Uh, be looking forward to seeing how Munich hosts it. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing the teams and seeing, uh, you know, really, really some pretty high-level talent. Uh, maybe even more than any other other place and, uh, so far of the of the of the previous two. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the show, the best way to do that is to reach out on Twitter, and you can catch me. At High News, H E I N N E W S. You can go to highnews.com. You can uh, reach me on email, highnews at gmx.de. There's the Facebook uh, group. Go put in the search bar, Taking the Charge Podcast, and you will get us there. Um, and you can go to iTunes, rate and review the show, and you go into Patreon. Um, every time that Patreon notice, notifies me that. Uh, uh, Patreon has uh, has transferred some money. It's an absolutely amazing feeling. Thank you to all the great people who do that. It's um, it's uh, truly appreciated. Uh, Patreon.com slash taking the charge is where you can do that. Um, every little bit helps. Okay. Um, yeah, so... I guess uh, really just kind of talk a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Adidas Next Generation tournament. I did a if you if you caught it my website uh, at who who to watch at the ANJT Munich. I tweeted it out as well. You can go there and um, quite a few names there that um, that I think are are uh, are going to be pretty interesting to watch. I'll just kind of run down the teams real quick. Uh, so the teams real quick are Alba, Berlin, uh, four German teams, Alba, Berlin, Broza, Bamberg, Dashavaka, Istanbul, FC Bayern, Munich, Olympiakos, Piraeus, Ratio Farm, Ulm, Real Betis, Energia, Energia, Seville, Seville, and uh, Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid, the only former champion. Uh, and um, Seville's been to the finals. Uh to the to the final four, a uh, couple times, uh, maybe even three times. Uh, Berlin's been there twice as hosts, and then Olympiacos uh, way back in two thousand seven. Actually, the first time Olympiacos is in this competition since two thousand seven. So that's going to be interesting to see how their how their youngsters are stacking up. We saw last year Panathinaikos, you know, really um, not a, not a very not a very stacked system, but you know they're working on that. We saw um, Prometheus Patras uh, actually with a couple of interesting kids, and now we get to see Olympiacos 
um, Olympiacos Pereas. Uh, so let's just go to order uh, real quick. I don't want to take too much time. Uh, the games, the games will be shown on the. Uh, hang on, let me find out that one more time real quick. I believe it's going to be on the FC Bayern website. Uh, yes, FC Bayern basketball website is where they're going to be shown. So if you want to go there and uh, check that out, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and then um, and then uh, f- four games on Sunday. So uh, go check them out. FC Bayern basketball website to to catch those. So Albert Berlin, um, Jonas Matisek, uh, sort of a pesky lefty guard. Uh, he's actually already so these are all two thousand or younger, two thousand born or younger. He's already made his debut in the in the in the BBL. Um, uh, he's probably one of their main guys. Uh, Hendrik Drescher is another one. He's uh, you know one of the things you have to tip your hat to to Drescher is you know he was he was able to dominate at the youth level uh, just because he's a, a, a you know has such a you know big body physical presence and, and just be able to bully around and he's actually worked really hard to develop his outside game and um, so uh, you know I definitely tip my hat to to to, to Hendrik Drescher for the work that he's done there. Um, Franz Wagner, not sure exactly if he's going to be able to come or not. Um, heard somewhere that he might not, because of because he's injured. Uh, really looking forward to seeing him if he does come. He'll still be a year younger. He played last year on the team in in uh, in Coin. And uh, a nice wing with good length, great shooter, and um, yeah. So looking forward to hopefully seeing him. Um, Elias Rudel, uh, the son of uh, Henrik Rudel, national team coach. Um, European NCAA champion Henrik Rudel. Uh, saw him a little bit at the under sixteen at the um, at the NBBL uh, Final Four two years ago uh, or last year, um, last year. Um, and so, you know, there's a there's a there's a lot of talent there in that um, in in him, even though he was a year younger. Uh, Evans uh, Rapik uh, really haven't heard, have really haven't seen him at all. Uh, so kind of looking forward to to seeing him. He's been uh, he's been kind of uh, in the uh, he's been in the uh, uh, seen his name mentioned on Twitter and and some other posts. So looking forward to see what he's all about. Uh, moving over to Bomberg, their main dude will probably be uh, Kai Brunke. Um, you know, was really hoping to see him a lot at the under 16s this past summer, but he got hurt after the first game. Uh, but an excellent, uh, excellent player is already playing in the pro a last season played in the U19 NBBL, even though he was just 16 and, uh, just a super calm and, uh, controlled player and, uh, really looking forward to watching him over three games. Uh, well, for four games, Hendrik Drell, I have actually seen him. Actually, I've seen him more. Um, 2000 born from Estonia. Uh, Brunkes 2001. Uh, Hendrik Drell is a Estonian from 2000 born. Uh, good score, good length, and uh, looking forward to seeing. I haven't seen him this year, uh, really. So, uh, looking forward to seeing how he's developed. Jakob Speck, German Latvian, played for Latvia last year at the under 16s. You know, is definitely a guy's. You know, he's got decent size, uh, but uh, you know, but he's gonna you know, he has to play power forward. So meaning he's gonna have to uh, develop an outside game and have to see how he's how he's done that. 
Um, Joshua uh, Obisier, um, I'm not sure if I said that correctly, 2000 born, uh, a lefty guard, athletic guard from IBAM, actually. He's on loan from them, so it'll be interesting to see him. Uh, I actually haven't seen him play very much, uh, but have heard some very nice things about him. Uh, nice body. And, uh, and Finn Floyd, uh, a lone player from uh, ETB Essen, uh, was at the All Star Game this past uh, uh, last month, and I really don't know him that that well. So uh, looking forward to to see him. Uh, Dasha Faka, another a team actually probably the team I don't know uh, the, the I know the least about. Uh, Merit Akai have seen him. Uh, he was on the team the Dasha Faka team last year. He's also been on uh, Turkey national team under sixteen two summers ago. Last summers with the under eighteens. Um, and they have a couple of guys who were on the team last year, Atbas, uh, Turgut, Arikan, and Sturmer. Sturmer is a, a Swedish kid, um, but really just I can't, not much I can talk uh, about that team, uh, unfortunately. Bayern Munich, um, you know, besides, probably besides um, Real Madrid, the most interesting team, the uh, most uh, stacked team, uh, in this competition, I think Matja Rudan is a is a new player for them. He's only been around since December. For for those guys, was at Sabona last year. Played Sabona, played for Sabona at the Next Generation Tournament in Coin. Uh, he's two thousand one. He'll be a year younger this year around uh, as well. Um, you know, great bloodlines, great basketball bloodlines. Was on the under sixteen European Championship uh, All Star Five. Helped you know took uh, Croatia. To the to the semifinals, qualified for the World Cup. Um, you know, great length and you know, great skill set, and and uh, yeah, just you know, I had a chance to see him a couple of weeks ago in a Bayern game, and so looking forward to see him again. Sasha Grant, another uh, import with Bayern uh, from Italy, uh, strong strong body guard can score, defend. Uh, sh- should be uh, should be a good tournament for him. Uh, they their main dude probably uh, is Luke Van Slotten, 2002 born, so he'll still be two years younger. Playing for Rasta Fechte, he's on loan, uh, also on loan from from Fechte's uh, Na- uh, Nat Diallo. Uh, Van Slotten is, you know, he's the he's the the gem of German basketball right now. 2002 born and uh, has already played two years of under 16. And uh, this is his generation of the under 16 tournament. And, um, you know, just um, uh, a fantastic uh, athletic body, good, good, good height, um, you know, pretty good stroke. Um, the decision making is still a little bit questionable, and uh, both with shot selection and, 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 and passes. Uh, is a wing and uh, just you know just looking forward to just sitting on him for three days and and just watching him play. Uh, yeah, uh, Diallo, more an athletic, uh, big um, looking. Yeah, just he's he's been really raw and just kind of waiting to see if he's uh, you know how his development's coming along. A couple other guys to watch: Bruno Versic, who was a substitute in the German uh, German. Um, uh, NBBL All Star Game, killing Ben Apfel, uh, uh, Danny Z, I call him, um, uh, Zed Drevevsky. I'm not sure if he's actually going to play. He kind of got uh, hurt his ankle in the game. I saw him against Ulm and then Jonas Gisik. 
just a couple of the guys to watch. Olympiacos, uh, really don't know too much about these guys as well. Um, I do know that they had a couple of guys who were on the, the Greek team that went down at the under-16s in 2016. Uh, Nikos Arsenopopoulos, George, uh, Georgios Balis, and 2001-born, the only 2001-born on that team, Tomas Zevgaras. Um, so... Uh, actually, I didn't put that in there. There was one guy on that team that that helped actually helped them get back up. Let's see if I can call it up real uh, real quick. And uh, the other guy, the player to watch is Alexei Puka Pukajevski, Serbian-born. Um, I don't know really that much about him, uh, but apparently, um, almost uh, you know, like six nine point guard and. Supposedly great size, and so should be. Uh, so that should be a uh, uh, interesting guy to watch. Uh, I haven't seen him, so really don't know about him. Uh, this is nope. This isn't it. Let's see if I can get that name real quick. Sorry. Uh, oh man, let's see. I'll go the other way. Uh, let's move to the next team. Just one second. All right. Oh, there it is. Um, sorry about that. Hang on. What's his name? Because the Greeks went back up and, uh, oh yeah, Andreas... Uh, Tsumanis, sorry, but that's uh, Andreas Tsumanis is the one player from the 2001 generation on this team that helped Greek uh, the Greeks get back up at the under-16, played at Division B, and got them back up. So, uh, Moving on to uh, Ratio Fom Ulm, uh, another team that actually has uh, some pretty good guys. Um, and, you know, probably, you know, another super talent is Jason George. Um, you know, great Great athleticism, um, tremendous effort on defense, and uh, can really score. Um, at a JBBL game last year, so the under-16 league last year, uh, went off for 39-31 and 31 against Kralsheim. Uh, played most of the year last year in uh, at the under-19 uh, NBBL. Um, yeah, just a fantastic and thrilling player to watch, and so can't can't wait to watch him for uh, to sit on him for another three days as well. Matja Faseka is looking forward to see him and his development. Big, big uh, Hungarian who's been uh, this is fourth year now in them uh, with with that with uh, Olm, great hands, uh, can shoot for a size. Tim Kripos is a, a pretty good man, a game manager at the point guard position. Uh, not necessarily a, 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 an athletic guy. Timo Lanmula, don't give him space because he will he will knock it down. He's a great shooter. A um, couple other names: Zach Ensminger, son of two-time German champion and three-time All NBA All BBL German first team member Chris Ensminger. Uh, Moritz Krimmer is another guy to watch, and the Hungarian, another Hungarian, big big man. Power forward, um, 2001-born Adam Krasov, Krasov, Uh Real Betis, and uh, Energia Seville. Uh, the main guy is going to be Andre, uh, Andre Pluta. Uh, his father played for the Polish national team for 11 years. He was on the actually the Adidas Next Generation tournament 
coin last uh, all tournament team last year. So um, and as a year younger, he'll be back. Great score, um, also excellent shooter. Um, Lou Demoth. <laughs> Probably, I, I in my eyes, I think he has a chance to be one of the greatest players of uh, Luxembourg basketball history. Uh, great size, good footwork on the basket. I got some, I got some uh, shit from someone on Twitter saying uh, in my in my write up has excellent skill set considering he comes from Luxembourg. Uh, no, uh, no offense uh, planned in that, uh, you know, meant in that. Uh, I think he's. Uh, I, I I can't wait to see. Uh, see how he's developed, and I, ho- uh, I I was hoping he would play under 18s last year for Luxembourg. Ended up not doing it, and uh, I, I think he's a great. Uh, I think he's a, a very skilled big man, lefty too as well. And uh, so I think he's. Uh, I really I really am looking forward to seeing him watch um, uh, watching him play, and, and he might be one of the biggest biggest guys in the in in, in Munich. So uh, Thomas uh, Balshunas, uh, Lithuanian. Uh, um, not a guy who who's really loud, uh, even though he's he you know sort of wears his emotion on the on his sleeve and you know you know is a big effort guy. Uh, can shoot and you know play a little bit around the basket and stuff, uh, but not 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 huge. Uh, uh, you know, just just doesn't um, doesn't just you know stand out uh, really though. Uh, even though he's a pretty effective player. Uh, two interesting guys that actually faced off in the under 16 European Championship final. You have the French European champion Anthony De Silva and Montenegro's Stefan uh, Valovic. Um, De Silva is actually the son of a Portuguese national team player for more than a decade, Felipe Felipe De Silva. Um, and then Valovic, um, you know, took took Montenegro to the final. Just a just an absolute warrior. Um. You know, drives, shoots, um, and just a huge will to win. Uh, also, another guy that can uh, that shows his emotions a lot in a good way. Good way. Um, all right, let's uh, move to the team that's you know, uh, in my eyes, the the favorite going in. Um, also, because they have the most talent, uh, Real Madrid. Uh, I cannot wait and knock on wood uh usman garuba makes it the next two, the final two days without an injury because uh, i haven't seen a play live yet um 2002 jewel he was the he was the mvp of the under 16 european championship 2016 as a 14 year old uh won the mvp had a triple double in the final with 10 blocks um you know gets out on the run he's a big guy sort of uh in the end, I think it'll probably be a, sm- uh, pow- a small forward, maybe a little bit of a power forward. You know, uh, loves to get get out and and and, and dribble and pass, and uh, has just such a flair and um, great rebounder. Scores in a lot of different ways. You know, just you know, watching him and and you know, just you'll see that there's a lot there's there's magic in there he's he used to see like he used to like watching magic johnson you definitely can see some of him in there it's really fun to watch uh, Usman garuba i cannot wait to watch him 2002 born um a couple other guys on that on that under 16 team that won the title were diego de blas and uh, carlos unanuoe um as well as 2001 born golden dike um Diplas, uh, Diplas and Anuoe, you know, not really too much a uh, 
quote, not much, too much to look at. Uh, really just, in my eyes, kind of glue guys, role players, uh, shoot it, both can shoot a little bit. And um, DK, you know, physical low post presence, finish around the basket, and, you know, a little bit on the outside as well. Uh, Melvin Patter, uh, 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 Pantsar, uh, Swedish combo guard, very athletic, uh, really um, plays good defense, finish around the rim. And Amarsila, uh, walking highlight reel. This is, you know, 2000 born from Senegal. Just make sure if you're watching the game, make sure every second that he's on the court you're watching the game because he will do something spectacular and either on offense or on defense. Just amazing. Another 2001 born uh, Mario Nakic from Serbia, just offensive force, uh, outside driving, uh, basically everywhere he can score kareem queely i think if he's one on a team uh this uh 2001 born uh gb talent would probably be a lot more of a focal point in the offense and 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 defense uh but he's kind of a, sort of a lockdown guard uh but can score as well and uh so look uh looking forward to seeing how he has developed as far as a role goes 2001 born so a year younger, uh, Boris Tizma uh, from uh, from Croatia, 2002 born. He was on the uh, Croatian team that uh, at the under 16s as a as a younger, long lanky lefty. Uh, good, uh, good, very good shooter. Um, can also handle the ball a bit and finish on the break. And two more names: Sigmar Zamar, Sigma Zamar, a Slovenian. From 2001, also lots of lots of uh, fantastic um, bloodlines and Ruben Lopez, 2002 born. I uh, believe he was uh, one of the few two, um, underage players, bottom level players for Spain at the under 16s last year. So, yeah, so that's that's the rundown of uh, of the under of the Adidas Next Generation tournament. Uh, sort of who's who to watch uh, for Munich. Again, those games will be shown on the uh, uh, FC, ba- uh, FC Bayern basketball website, so go check those out. And uh, highlights will be on uh, adidasngt.com. Uh, so, yeah, go check those out. Um, all right, so let's move to the interview. Uh, this week had an absolutely wonderful chat. Actually, probably one of my, f- one of my favorite interviews just because there's you know, a really nice storyteller and, and, and there's a lot of different uh, fun fun topics and historic events and and uh, to to kind of run down with John Cox Venezuelan national team player uh, with with uh, Medi Bayreuth Bayreuth is uh, uh, survived the group stage of the basketball champions league and is now in the playoffs uh, they are in the uh, cup the german cup final four which will be played uh, the next weekend, not this weekend, but the next weekend in Ulm. And then they are currently fourth place right now in the German, the German BBL, uh, lost last week, uh, but had, had one, had one four in a row. And so they are sitting in fourth place. Looks like, uh, maybe a game and a half or maybe half a game behind 
Ludwigsburg and a half game ahead of Bonn and a game ahead of Ulm. So it's kind of tight there. But uh, so fourth place right now in the German uh, BBL. John Cox, a, a veteran um, who pl- played a lot of years in France and has come over and is playing his first season in Germany. So here's my chat with John Cox. I uh, hope you enjoy it and we will catch you on the other side. Okay, so on the show this week, uh, John Cox uh, with uh, Mindy Bayreuth and the Venezuela national team. John, thank you for uh, coming on coming on board. Uh, yeah, no problem, Dave. It's been uh, a little, you've been playing tag a little bit, but uh, glad to be doing it, and uh, let's, let's get it going. Uh, there's no no worries at all on that. Um, I guess um, I guess to to start off with. Uh, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about you know you've been around, uh, been around Europe quite a bit, uh, actually a lot of time in in, in France, um, and uh, you know I'm sure over the years I've heard some things about Germany. Um, maybe what are your thoughts about uh, you know being in Germany here your first season at uh, at uh, Medi Bayreuth? Well, uh, first impression was good. Um, and even now, uh, still good. Have a little family here as well, uh, so it was nice to play outside of uh, France because I was there for some time in Europe. Uh, and to get acclimated here, uh, I like it. I think the league is good. Um, outside of basketball, uh, the country, as far as the, the culture, um, and the people, uh, it's it's really been good. My family likes it. I like it. So um, it's, it's I like Germany. Um, I, I, when when people people like to to rank rank things, and you know, one of the things here in Europe is they rank the leagues. Um, I know you know mainly your time was spent in in uh, in France, but it seems that France is is really quite often put ahead of ahead of, ahead of Germany. Which uh, okay, I don't know the French league necessarily that well, but kind of surprises me. Um, in in some regards, and I just was wondering, maybe you know, your thoughts about uh, the comparison between the French and the uh, uh, and the German league. Uh, the comparison, actually, the styles are a little different. Uh, so two things: the styles are different. Uh, I'm say the French league is a little more maybe played at a higher pace, um, just because it's a little more athletic. Uh, though the competition, I would think, is kind of similar. Um, as far as level, uh, I would say the same. Uh, as far as ranking goes, I mean, if you look, just ranking leagues from, you know, the ACB to uh, even Champions League and Euro League or the, uh, the, the French League, I would, Germany and France are kind of back and forth, maybe like five, six, or six, seven, probably in the world. And if you look at the rankings, they, they kind of swap back and forth. So it's pretty much equal as far as a level of competition, and I would agree with that. Uh, but the styles are different. You know, just one being a little bit more athletic, up down the other one, uh, a little more technical, and uh, and just played with the cerebral, which are, which are brain and skills. Uh, one of the main reasons why I wanted to to talk to you was uh, because you also play for the you're going to be playing for the Venezuelan national team in the February windows. Knock on yes, wood, every, yes. if everything's you know if you're healthy and everything else uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, they 
the first window was back in November. You you weren't able to play. You had an injury, uh, and um, the the team won at home against uh, Colombia and then uh, lost in Brazil uh, by yeah. twelve points. Just was wondering how much uh, how much you were able to follow those games and what do you think of of uh, how the team looked. Um, I thought the team looked good. Uh, of course, you. I mean, you would love to go two and zero, but the split was good. Uh, Brazil is a good team. Uh, but we're happy to win one. Uh, you know, this time around, we definitely want to try to pick up both games. I mean, uh, that's just what it is. So uh, uh, I'm gonna be available to play. Uh, I'm healthy now. Uh, hopefully, be healthy then in a couple weeks um, and ready to go. But uh, you know, the rest of the guys. You know, just talking to some of my teammates. You know, everybody would really want to have our best team, and uh, guys want to participate. You know, to try to play in this qualifies for the World Cup, but um, we did good the first round uh, time around. So uh, hopefully, we can pick up both games in February, day. So, but uh, looking forward to it. Um, you know, this is a new this is a new system with uh, with these qualifiers, and was just wondering what your yes, your your thoughts about that. Uh, it's eh, I mean. Uh, it's different, uh, definitely different. Um, <laughs> a little, I, I think the main thing is just to travel, man. Like, cause you know everybody's working and playing, you know, in their leagues all over the world, and then of course you get the you get the break. But I mean, man, if you just look at uh, our personally, my in particular, you know, my travel, uh, I can't even speak on some other guys, and I don't know their situations and their timetable but just to you might have to fly all across the world I was talking to uh, someone the other day and uh, I know Scola uh, I think in the first window I had to flew like from China he came in from China all yeah. The way to the other, yeah all the way to the other side of the world like 20 hours or something just to play in a game and then it's just tough to do you know while you're working you know and playing somewhere while he's playing in China you know so I think just because of that with the change of format you know regardless of getting a break it's it's, it's tough um you know what i mean but you they do you do the time off uh uh from working and um you know freeze it up a little bit in the summertime and guys off seasons uh depending on the league they're playing in so uh, it's a balance it's just different you know but uh it's just tough because of the travel you know, one of the things that FIBA wanted to do in all this was to kind of bring the national teams home to the fans. Uh, I know you weren't you weren't able to play at home against Colombia. Uh, I mean, you have played in in Venezuela national team games, but uh, you know, maybe just talk about what you're looking forward to. Um, you know, in the game against Chile uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess they succeeded with that with uh, bringing the entertainment. The, uh, the home fans uh, I guess this format does benefit that so and the players are excited about that right you always if you get the player in front of your country and uh, entertain everybody and that's you know that's nice uh, I guess that's a positive uh, with them changing everything so I'm looking forward to it uh, and it always feels good to do that in front of the home crowd uh, so yeah I feel good about it uh, I feel good about that looking forward to it you know that's that's a that's a plus for sure. 
the 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 group B you have uh, you know we mentioned Brazil and Ch uh, and Colombia Chile is is there as well uh, the the February window has a game at home against Chile and then at Colombia uh, thoughts thoughts about uh, those two games maybe you know what what you're okay like we said you didn't you didn't play in those games what you think the team kind of did well that you're gonna kind of look forward to uh, you know in the second window. Well, I mean, we're, we we kind of pride ourselves on defense. Um, I thought, actually, in uh, both games it was okay. Um, offensively, uh, it really wasn't all there our, our second game. Um, so we just wanted to try to bring both things. Uh, and these two games coming up in February, hopefully be clicking on both sides of the floor. Uh, but defensively is where we pride ourselves. And, um, you know, coming up now, uh, we've had a, a group that's been together for, like, some time, you know. So uh, having everybody, we should be able to just, to, you know, keep rolling and, and be on the same page uh, no matter who we're playing. So um, guys did good, uh, you know, in the first window. Again, got the split, and uh, for doing how we're doing and playing how we're usually playing uh, with our chemistry, I think we'll, we'll be fine. You know, come February, we should be okay. And uh, yeah, and we're going to put it out there and leave everything. I mean, that's what we do. So um, I think we'll be okay. When when I when I bring up uh, when I bring up Mexico City. Um, you know, maybe just uh, talk about that, you know, two, I guess three summers ago. Three summers ago? Yeah, 2015 uh, FIBA America Cup. You know, uh, you know, Canada came in and, and is getting all this praise about, you know, producing all these guys. And, and uh, you know, you don't even have your own, your, your sole NBA guy with Vasquez not being, not, not playing in the tournament. And, and you come down and you, you know, you'd lost to Canada and Argentina in the group, in the group stage. And, yeah, we did. and then you, uh, you take down Canada in the semis. And, and obviously that's a magical uh, victory because you're, you're in the Olympics and then, uh, and then, and then, top that off with the with the win over Argentina. Uh, when I when I bring that up, you know, what what kind of memories do you have uh, about that whole about that whole summer? <laughs> the best memories, um, man. It was personally, it was it was it was crazy. It was ups and downs throughout the summer. Just the grind from let's start at the beginning of it. I mean, we you're giving up you know everybody with their families and being away all summer uh you know for this shot and you know dream to make it to the olympics right so we're all together for a couple months um some with fam wives pregnant or just had babies or going through situations with relatives sick and um you fast forward all the way to uh when the tournament starts in mexico and um you know, losing some of the, you know, early games to some of the teams that we got to face later um, and knockout round. Uh, everything just paid off at the end. And so once we did beat Canada, uh, man, it, it was the highlight of my career, uh, to be honest. And I would, I want to say for the rest of my teammates as well, for the rest of the team. Uh, and then after that, we stayed in the moment. You know, even though we already qualified for the Olympics, you know, we all got together that night and was like, let's stay in it and not 
be finished. Let's just finish this thing. You know, even though we made it to the Olympics in the first time in 20, I don't know what, 20, was it four years or something? Um, let's stay in it, you know, and win it and be Argentina. And, and that's what we did. We just stayed in the moment and rode that momentum that we had and um, finished it off. And when we think about it now, I think back, it's like a movie almost just with um, – I guess me and you could talk for hours just about, and I could tell you so many little stories with inside of it, but it was just, uh, it, was in, it was incredible. You know, it was like surreal. And thinking back, it's, you still get the same feeling. I, I still feel the same thing. Um, it was just the highlight of my career. It was just an amazing uh, accomplishment. So uh, it's the best thinking back about Mexico City, day, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, we'll, we'll come to actually... No, no, Dave. Uh, the more you talk, the better, really. Um, uh, we'll, we'll come to Rio in a couple of minutes, but but knowing that that Venezuela really had been kind of you know pushing their program, their their men's national team for sure. You know, they went in and, and they 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 hosted the Olympic qualifying tournament back in 2012, and you know um, you, you beat Argent, uh, beat Nigeria, and then you know you lost to, to Lithuania uh, to miss out on on London. You know. No. That, was, that was tough too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, knowing knowing you know that you had gone through that and the federation and all those guys had gone through that. How much more satisfaction was there that you you know that that you didn't have to go through that whole process again? That you actually got it out right. Yeah, well, that was uh, <laughs> it was a relief. I mean, not a just a relief, but so being as though we went through in 2012, that helped gives you that extra that extra push, right? Because we knew if okay, you make it to the next year and you have a chance how the competition there didn't get any slimmer. Like, it was only going to get uh, more difficult. You know, we felt like our opportunity was right there. Like, this is, we have to win these games. You know what I mean? We face Canada. We have to be Canada. You know, we're more experienced than them. Yeah, they got everybody on their rosters in the NBA, okay. But, um, you know, we've been through some, some wars together. You know, we can, we can do it right now. And uh, I'm not... Next, not next summer, um, depending on any group we could be put in. And we know how that can work out because we've been through that before in 2012. So that was it. That was our opportunity right there. It was more motivation because we've been through it. Um, you know, similar to other teams that lost opportunities and came back and got it later. You know, you keep that group of guys together. You've been through some stuff. I mean, it's, that's why that teams are, you know, a little bit more seasoned and ready. And, uh, you know, that just that helped us win that. I think if we had a different experience in 2012, then I don't know if we would have won and qualified for the Olympics um, in 2015. So, you know, yeah. one, one, of the, one of the things, you know, being here in Germany for a long time, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about the European Championship that Germany won in, in uh, 1993. And one of the things that a lot of people – in this country here, you know, kind of wishes that that had kind of given basketball a push in this country, which it really, it really didn't, you know, it really didn't do that, that uh, didn't really have that effect. Um, maybe, maybe just uh, how you're feeling that uh, Venezuela um, has, you know, taken to basketball, you know, it, like we said, it hosted the, the, the qualifying tournament, you know, won the, uh, won the America Cup in 15. You know, sort of, you know, talk about basketball in Venezuela, maybe, maybe, you know, also, you know, basketball in Caracas, how it was for you growing up, and, you know, where, where do you think the game is right now in the country? I think right now, it's, I mean, I said, I, I, said I, I think 
what we've done with Venezuela basketball has just given you know the people you know the fans something too um aside from what's going on you know in real life in Venezuela which everybody's pretty familiar with around the globe right now but um it's just grown uh from uh us winning you know basically uh from the South American championships to uh, all the way to being in the Olympics um even to qualifying for different things from and end games, everything else, things that we didn't win. It's just a steady incline going in the right direction, right? So right now, um, when you have these qualifiers and uh, just have the best guys and continue um, to build with that and not have a drop-off um, because of what the success we've had, I guess, over the last, you know, let's say six years or so, um, it's just uh, really give recognition to Venezuelan basketball, you know, around the world, and uh, build that. And now you want to try to keep it and just keep it going. Um, it's a good feeling, and it's just um, you know thrilling. I'm really to the fans and the people, uh, you know, to all the uh, all the Venezuelans. So it's it's a good fun, and we just want to keep it going, basically. So, if I'm not mistaken, you were probably about 25 or so back in 2006 when uh, Venezuela made their last appearance at the World Cup in in Japan. Um, you know, you had guys like uh, Oscar Torres and and, uh, and and Richard Lugo. Um, maybe maybe just talk about what you remember of that generation. You know, you were just kind of, you know, you were starting already to, to kind of make a name for yourself on the court and stuff like that. Um, you know, having already, you know, gotten, uh, you know, a season under your belt in, in, in France. Maybe just talk about that generation, what you remember about uh, about that group of guys. And Well, to, to be, it's, it's funny you say even at that time, well, because, um, my, my my father, <laughs> who played, uh, you know, back in the early '80s uh, in Venezuela, you know, even spoke to me <laughs> about uh, Venezuelan basketball then, and um, always wanted me to even out of high school, uh, you know, start playing in <laughs> in Venezuela. Um, so as far as uh, being familiar with the basketball and uh, the tradition there, I've always just uh, uh, been aware of that and the legends that have been there so uh, nobody forgets it's, you know if you're talking about Oscar Torres or whatever we yeah, you know um, you know what they did and the support's always always been there you know for the fans so when you finally start accomplishing things you know you always pay homage to those before you and um, I guess things haven't changed except for you know winning championships uh, internationally so um, you know I even got a chance to play with some of them guys later you know we're older like I am now and uh, you know they really just you know paved the way you know for the younger guys and so now uh, where I'm at and where Venezuelan basketball is at now uh, you definitely want those guys to be ready to continue the tradition and you want to help carry it on as long as possible so I think it's just an ongoing thing and um when I wasn't playing, you know, you were supporting it, and uh, all the way back to, you know, you know, my father was American, but playing in the league uh, to back then, um, 
position and we're glad that it's uh, at the level that it is now speaking of basketball anyway um, maybe in general how much you know how much uh, how much of a role model do you feel that you are I mean you know do you get people coming to you and you know young Venezuelan player uh, you know young Venezuelans you know just kind of starting the game and what's that mean for you to kind of maybe take uh, a little bit of that mental of, of being sort of a, uh, the old grizzled veteran role model guy uh, yeah I do especially after uh, Rio um, but uh, I really just want to try to you know, start helping and um, getting you know, some of this building, uh, young talent and players uh, to play internationally. Uh, that's something I want to do, something I've been talking to um, certain people about uh, in the Federation uh, and uh, some of the other players, you know, that players that's played internationally to get young talent to um, USA or to Europe and, and develop them um, so we can uh, be more global and international um, so that's what I want to do and um, of course you're mentoring and obviously giving uh, insight and working on you know skill with guys I played in the league the last two years um, down in Venezuela as well you know and constantly try to you know guys come up younger players and always trying to work with them and develop their games but I think it'll be another thing to get them out of Venezuela you know and help develop them uh, and just not on the court even just in life and learning a different culture uh, yeah, it only can help Venezuela in basketball so uh, that's something I want to do and something we're going to work to do is that probably the biggest way to help is to, is to I know it maybe sound bad but to get that get those guys out and, and, and exposed to a different kind of basketball yeah I, I guess uh, especially with what's going on um, off the court mm -hmm. uh, but even besides that yes uh, I think it is uh, and especially in USA I mean it's um, the best basketball in the world and if you expose guys to this, the collegiate level even the high school level before that at an early age just the skill development will help them you know later on in their careers and um, then later on you can go back and play in Venezuela and just continue the trend but uh, I think you have to go be around the best basketball at a young age, you know, so um, we have to do something to get guys out, get the players out, um, to let them uh, develop early um, at the highest level and it gets the best competition. So, yeah, I think it's uh, very important. All right, take us through August 6, 2016. You're in Rio. You're walking in the the Parade of Nations, you know, everybody's dream of walking into the, you know, with the opening ceremony and all that. Uh, what are you thinking then? That was the best part of the Olympics, actually, was the ceremony. It was phenomenal. Like, they did a great job with that. Um, and actually, Olympics, they called a little backlash and with everything that was going on in Brazil at the time and some things with the budget, some things with the budget and heard some things about the village and everything that we stayed at, but the, the ceremony was something something different, something special. Um, it was a dream. I mean, the theatrics and being around all the athletes, um, you know, the fans and being able to have friends and family tune in around the world. It was it was phenomenal like actually it was amazing I go back on my phone and you know look at the videos that I uh, that we took 
taking pictures like probably every week <laughs> just to uh, just to go back over it and uh, that was the best part it's funny that you brought that up that it was literally if you had some of the athletes it was like the best part of um, the Olympics uh, was that ceremony on that day at night so yeah it was great on the court you know people might look and uh, at the uh, at the results you want in four and say man these guys are a bunch of bums but you look and if you, if you look at if you look at the teams you played you know you have the gold medalists the silver medalists the fourth place team and France um, so you know it's everybody's dream to go to the Olympics you know you know this are these are the top teams in the in the world and everybody wants you know all of those top you know, countries, they also, those guys want to be at the Olympics. They want to, you know, it's a, it's an honor to play at the Olympics. You know, you, you, uh, I think, let's see, the, the, yeah, so the first games against Serbia and then the United States, you know, maybe just talk us a little bit through, you know, sort of the, the, the course of the tournament for, for you. Well, I mean, of course, you get there, right? So after you can make it, obviously, right, you get there, you want to compete. Um, but now it's just, you know, a whole another level of competition. It's the top 12 teams in the world, you know, at that particular point uh, uh, in time. And, uh, you know, we, um, no results were, you know, we didn't medal. Of course, that's the goal to medal. Um, but, uh, you know, we're happy what we did. We gave it everything we had. Happily, um, we got a win, too, <laughs> uh, in the first, in the, in the first, and uh, really, you kind of all the, all the best teams, these top teams that make the Olympics. You know, every four years, really. Now you want to try to have a consistency to try to get back there. You know, and then get back there again, and then get back there again. And to where as though now when you're there, your expectations change. You know, because then we were happy to get one win. You know, you're happy to finish one and four. You know, so then if time does come, you can consistently stay at that level. Then you want to win another game, another game, and then you know whether it's 12 or 16 years down the line. Now you want to try to start meddling, so it's a consistency of just building your national team. Um, so for us, it was a huge accomplishment, you know, to finish even what we finished um, there. You know, regardless of how other people looked at it, and um, and again, we left it all out there. You know, we got the win that we did against China, uh, but it was good. It's proud of the guys, um, our coaching staff, Shade, everybody. We were just, um, you know, we really felt good about what we accomplished, um, even though some of the results, if it's lopsided against USA or Serbia or whatever, um, you know, we gave it everything we got, and we want to try to get back there and do better next time. Okay, so you're, for, for those who might not be aware, your father's sister is married to uh, Jellybean Bryant, who's Kobe Bryant's dad, uh, and your father also played in the, in, in the NBA. Um, maybe, I, I, I suppose disappointment is probably not the correct word, but how, what were your feelings about Kobe not, uh, <laughs> not being in, uh, know, knowing, that, knowing that you're going to play Against the United States, uh, what were your feelings uh, that Kobe wasn't wasn't going to be there in uh, in Rio? Yeah, oh man, it was. I was <laughs> well, it was two things, right? He, you know, he was retiring um, after twenty years, and you know that was that was good. It's really happy for him. Um, you know the way he closed it out. His last retirement game was uh, historic. 
Um, so just on that point of his career and, you know, me being his cousin and, you know, supporting him, uh, you know, was happy about that for him. Now, on the flip side of it, you know, uh, would have been great to match up, right? We would have matched up actually in the Olympics, which was uh, would have been phenomenal. Uh, even him retiring, I kind of wanted him to play. Uh, you know, just we could have went at it on that at that level, and, uh, and we haven't played one on one in a while, <laughs> just because of our uh, our schedules. So um, that would have been, oh man, would have been great. Uh, it would have been a lot of fun too. Um, some good entertainment, I think. Uh, you know, for the world, just with the sport and everything. So um, I was a little disappointed in that. So. Uh, and now with me still playing him not playing and we probably won't play one-on-one again you know ever so uh, I gotta stick with my record and not beating him you know ever so uh, I was a little salty about that <laughs> but um, you know I'm still happy for him to close his career the way he did um, maybe just talk about uh, your relationship with him I, I, it seems to me I, I don't know for 100% but it seems to me that you probably visited him in, in, in Europe when he was there in Italy um, just maybe how it kind of, you know, how it kind of developed and, 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 you know, where, where you see that relationship, uh, just, and how it's developed over, over the years. Uh, yeah, it's one of these stages. I mean, I, uh, that's funny. Did you, did you know that I visited there when I was younger? Or I, you, I, there was something I saw and I, I don't, I didn't think it was, uh, it, it didn't seem like it was 100% sure, but it, it, it just, you know, seemed to, you know, hint that you, you had maybe gone there at a time when he was there, and I assumed I that, that he was kind of there at that time. Yeah, I, yeah, he definitely was there. Mongo was playing. Of course, he, uh, he was in Italy. I'll tell you a crazy thing. I was like, I think it was five, about to start kindergarten, and um, I visited, and uh, I forget what particular city, geez, my uncle was at. Um... But I, I, anyway, I went, um, you know, I'm there. And so my aunt and uncle are kind of like, you know, my aunt's like my other mother, uh, second mother. So I got there and I wanted to stay. Um, and my parents actually, they were going to let me do, go to kindergarten and start school in Italy. And I, uh, I got all my stuff there, had my room all set up, and I'm about to start school. And then my parents just, they, they changed their mind because they were missing me so much. And I was like super, super broke, heartbroken because uh, I had to come back. And uh, I was right before school was about to start. So I would have actually uh, been there and they made me come back. And I mean, I got over it. Kids are resilient. But uh, I would have actually been starting school in Italy and living with my aunt and uncle. And uh, I guess I would speak fluent Italian now and things would have been different. But uh, yeah, I was really close. Um, uh, to my cousins, my aunt and uncle, uh, still am. And, uh, you know, going through high school and everything, I was um, out in L.A. a lot and close to my cousin. Uh, but when I went pro, he was already pro, things were a little different just because I was playing professional now and I'm on one side of the world and his schedule and he was focusing on being the greatest ever um, and really just on his craft. Uh, so our communication was a little different and time was different you know we didn't see each other as much and now um, at a different stage of his career now and being retired me still playing is still a little difficult but um, 
you know, was always there, you know, if I needed anything or to talk as well as um, my other cousins, these two sisters and my aunt and uncle, uh, Pam and Joe, they're, you know, always there for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of like, I guess, David, your cousin or any cousin that you're close to, uh, really, uh, or anybody else's cousin that they're really close to. So, um, yeah, it's just cool because... Uh, megastar <laughs> it's interesting that you just brought that up because you know i'm i'm pretty much a layman you know and and you know nobody would nobody would ask me about my cousin and and so you know i'm sure and just like you know because you know drew joyce is play has been playing in germany for a couple of years and he's playing around i'm sure that he gets all asked all the time about you know being uh, lebron's you know high school teammate and all that was was there ever a time where it was like you know what don't ask me about my cousin <laughs> you know you know just, just People say that. People, it doesn't really bother me though. I don't know if it's just my personality or me. It doesn't. It, it doesn't bother me. Like I, I am his cousin, and you know I get you know who he is, and I understand his celebrity. So uh, I get it every day, a lot every day since I was about 15 years old. Um, you know, so I spent 21 years, and it really, it was never really bothered me. Okay. Um, you know, obviously if it goes on and on, and you know I can cut somebody off or keep going, whatever. But yeah. Talk about it and tell you what it's like, or you know, whatever. What then? The context of what it is right there, but no, nah, it hasn't. I mean, he's my cousin. I embrace. That's 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 what it is. Um, kind of what comes along with uh, being so close to him, and uh, you know how big he is. So, but no, nah, David doesn't bother me. Um, another celebrity that I found somewhere in my research with you. Is it is it true that that you uh, that you lived in a house that used to be owned by Muhammad Ali? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's actually. Um, yeah, my grandmother um, and my grandfather did buy his home from him, and he still lived there actually. Uh, and my father lives there now. That's where he's at right now. Um, so yes. What's what's that like though? I mean, to think that you know another another one of the greatest of all time, you know? Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's coincidental. It's it's, it's uh, coincidental. Um, but it's always been, they've had it since I was since I was born before I was born. So it's just kind of like it's always been there, you know, in my family and knowing that. Um, uh, so uh, it's just that seems kind of it sounds crazy, but kind of normal just because it's always been our home. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's 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 just kind of crazy to live in that house, and then of course have somebody in your family be as you know another big star like um, Muhammad Ali was. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Let's come back to basketball. Let's come back to Venezuela. You know, you mentioned you said that uh, you know it's been 24 years since the Venezuela made the Olympics. Um, the is it 20, I, I, I want to say was it 23 I, I might have got it wrong well it, it was 92 so 92 to to 16 so what's that 20, yeah oh, yeah, there you go. yeah 92 the the Barcelona games um the the drought hasn't been as long with the with the world cup um you know but you know 2019 would be 13 years since they had been there you know coming back to the qualifiers you know you guys are one and one and and you know the the top 3 go through to the uh, to the second uh, second round of the, of the of the qualifying uh, groups, um, you, know, you know, and we also talked about the importance of of 
you know, building on things and, 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 you know, competing for not just being happy about being in the competition, but also, you know, starting to think, you know, maybe we can contend for a medal and, and whatnot. May you just talk about how important it is for, for Venezuelan basketball uh, to make it to China 2019? Oh, man. That would be, I guess that's the next step of keeping it going. Like, just to touch back on what we were talking about with the Olympics, right? So um, you're losing uh, certain, some of these games big to, you know, USA, Serbia. Um, but the fact to get to that highest level, now the next step, because um, we thought it was still a success for us to get to 2019 and uh, China and, and to qualify would be just another huge, huge feat for us to uh, you know accomplish and uh, would be another uh, spectacular feeling um, and uh, leap for Venezuela basketball and I guess to keep it at that level and not dip off you know just to keep it going so that's how we're treating it um we want to keep this going and not look at it as a, as a fluke, keep it with the consistency uh, of what we've done. And uh, But, man, David would be huge, you know, huge. Um, you know, and that's why uh, I want to be available and uh, to help keep this going. And let's bring it all the way back to the beginning when we were talking about uh, Medi Bayreuth. You know, you came to a club that, you know, last year was trying to etch its name into uh you know in, into the conversation of, of one of the big b's uh in this in this league um you guys are in about a week going to be losing your 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 general manager uh who kind of you know took a a, a team that was kind of re, you know sort of relegation fighting relegation and now you know doing well in the champions league and and you know getting home court advantage in the playoffs um maybe just you know you're in the you're in the cup uh semifinals the top four that'll take place place uh in a couple weekends um maybe just your thoughts about uh the this season for for you and this group in uh at, with uh with medi by right um but see for me it's a little uh it's funny you asked this um because i was just explaining it uh talking about it in my role here uh the other day uh with the president venezuela uh it's, it's a little different um uh, especially for, for fans and, and to see me, it's um, uh, more of a leadership and experience role uh, than me, uh, say in particular in France, carrying a load and the brunt and the main guy and I'm um, doing so much. Um, here it's, uh, when I came, it's, you know, being prepared to step in a big role and play in, in really important times uh, when needed and then mentoring some of our young guys, uh, German and American. Um, in big games uh, or every day uh, in the BBL, uh, and that's what I do. So um, with this, you know, new success for this club too, and where we're at now, and looking like we can move on in Champions League, qualifying for the Cup, being in good position for the playoffs. Um, you know, I've been in these positions before, so uh, I want to help. You know, maintain that and win something this year uh, with the club. And with my role, I think I can help do that. And then, um, you know, and also just create a good quality um, head, you know, for all these, uh, for the young guys and, you know, even for our staff. Um, so we're prepared to win these games and uh, um, or to win something in one of the leagues. And, uh, you know, that, that's been my role this year. And I think so far, though, we've really been doing a good job in positioning 
myself to do it. So. All right, uh, John Cox. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, good luck. Uh, good luck at the at the cup. Unfortunately, I won't be able to to come and watch it in in Olam. And then uh, hey, safe bro. safe tra- safe travels down to uh, to the big nasty trip to <laughs> to uh, Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hopefully it's not as bad as uh, I think it will be, but I uh, appreciate it. And uh, anytime, anytime to catch up, um, you know, for the podcast. And uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Okay. I uh, hope you hope you enjoyed that because, like I said, I really I really enjoyed talking to him and 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 hearing his uh, hearing his stories, and uh, so. Yeah, a guy looking forward to actually running into some sometime uh, down the road at a, at a Bayreuth game and uh, hearing some more tales. Um, but hope you enjoyed that. And obviously, it's a lot of uh, good basketball history uh, that he's uh, that he's seen and witnessed. And uh, so, really cool to 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 catch up to meet and chat with him. So, all right. Uh, with that, I will let you go. Uh, last thing, obviously, to let you know is what you're going to be listening to. The song is called High Above. It is by the band Pickups. It is available on freemusicarchive.org. Go check it out. Again, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are the games from the Adidas Next Generation Tournament uh, Munich. And, um, yeah, so uh, enjoy those, and uh, we will talk to you next week. <laughs> And when I count on myself, I'll be My will breaks down and I lose all of the joy that the Lord has made for me. Vows of a the pain of hatred and greed from those he made. So I above. I do this.
like a faith and I'm redeemed And now my soul Patrick Komlinos, I'm the CEO of uh, the Basketball Champions League and you're listening to Taking the Charge.